In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hello and welcome back to Issues Week on the Politically Georgia podcast, where we're discussing the issues in Georgia's race for governor. I'm Greg Bluestein, and I'm joined today by Christian Boone, the AJC's public safety reporter and guru, uh, to discuss the issue of what else but criminal justice in the governor's race. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, first, let's let's get a, a base level of where criminal justice reform initiatives are at here in Georgia, because uh, we've got Governor Nathan Deal, who made it his sort of eight-year project to overhaul the state's criminal justice system and divert more non-violent offenders away from costly prison cells and towards treatment programs and accountability courts and the like. Seems like we're having a debate that that was had eight years ago um, before these reforms passed through. I mean, Governor Deal got these with bipartisan support, and uh, now we're this election has sort of brought them back, brought some of these issues back. I mean, Brian Kemp's talking tough. And Stacey Abrams is pretty much carrying his mantle, carrying yeah. the governor's mantle of, of you know, reform. So Yeah, it's interesting because the governor, when he ran in 2010, did not make criminal justice this big, huge centerpiece of his. It was traditional conservative issues. But then um, there's a right on crime movement and right as in like politically right on crime um, where Texas and some other conservative states had, had adopted some of these um, initiatives. And there's been three main phases. There's been adults. There's been... Um, juveniles, and then there's been the rehabilitated um, offenders, the, the, basically the released inmates. And Georgia spent um, hundreds of millions of dollars. They've overhauled the criminal justice system. They've changed the penalties and punishments. And Stacey Abrams, her platform largely wants to extend that legacy. Right. And I think what's happening in Georgia is indicative of what's happening nationwide. I mean, you have sort of the same debate because you have in Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, someone who is Law and order. I mean, he's for the three strikes. He's for you know long sentences. Uh, I wouldn't say Kemp maybe is a ideologue to that extent on those issues, but he certainly is headed and leans to that direction. Yeah, and Stacey Abrams' positions on that issue are are, are, are mirror progressive policies throughout the National Democratic Party. Um, she is talking about ending the cash bail programs in Georgia, uh, giving judges more discretion not to um, uh, require cash bail. She has talked about ex- uh, ending the death penalty in Georgia, decriminalizing certain drug offenses. Pretty pretty progressive issues on the subject of criminal justice reform. Yeah, and that's where she kind of loses uh, law enforcement, at least the uh, you know associations and the sheriff's association and. Uh, that you know they're not against decriminalizing drugs in any way, and uh, they say you know the cash bond system while it may have some flaws, 
is requires some skin in the game, and without that, they feel feel that uh, we'll see more, you know, less people returning to court. And she speaks from a very sort of personal view of this because her brother Walter has struggled with drug addiction, has been in and out of the prison system, and so she sees she often cites him on the campaign trail. Actually, when she got into the race last year, um, she used an anecdote about him to sort of connect with voters um, about how she sees firsthand. Uh, the, the effects that 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 you know, the criminal justice system and being in and out of jail can have on a family, and um, you know, the, her parents are helping to raise his children, and so it strains family resources. So she often brings him up when she talks about the need to extend Deal's criminal justice legacy. And whenever she's asked to give governor a, a, a ratings, she kind of breaks it up. She won't just say he's he's a B or he's a C. What she does is she says. On issues like, let's say, healthcare, he is uh, failing or he's he's low grade. Right. But on issues like criminal justice, he's an A. Um, so she's clearly trying to position herself to be, you know, deal 2.0 when it comes to that issue. And you would obviously obviously know this better than me, but it seems like deal kind of carried along a lot of Republicans who may not have been that enthusiastic about the issue, but because of you know his standing in the party at that time, I mean, very popular governor. Would you say that's accurate that he kind of yeah did? it's been really fascinating because again he didn't he didn't campaign he didn't make this a huge part of his initial election campaign and it yet it passed overwhelmingly every single phase of this either passed unanimously or with just a few dissenting votes even this past year's cash bail um, uh, re- reforms and basically gave judges a little bit more discretion on. On, uh, on requiring whether or not to require cash bail. At first, a sheriff, a very prominent sheriff, Putnam County Sheriff Howard Sills, yeah, well. com- compared him to Lucifer for this, and it still ended up passing overwhelmingly. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, the Sheriff's Association is a very powerful, one of the most powerful lobbying groups in this country. I just sort of wonder, or in the state, I sort of wonder, though, if that how dependent on leadership that was as, as far as the governor's office. And if we don't see that, uh, if Brian Kemp's elected, then where will the Republicans go? Will they stick to you know where they were, or will they just sort of follow, you know, the more get tough approach? And we'll get there in a second. But Governor also has a very interesting take on all this. I asked him not, not too long ago about what he wants. Whoever succeeds him, of course, he 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 endorsed Brian Kemp, but he said whoever succeeds me, I want them to tackle mandatory minimums. It's he he considers it unfinished business that the fact that there are still a lot of mandatory minimum sentences that tie the judges' hands, don't give them too much discretion over whether or not how long to sentence um, offenders, and he wants that to be revisited. It does not seem likely if Brian Kemp is elected because he says while he supports governors' criminal justice initiative. He has a different view of where it should go next. He calls it public safety reform should be next. Yeah, it seems like he's given lip service to, you know, the reforms because they were popular and obviously a lot of Republicans voted for him, but his heart doesn't appear in it and his policy doesn't appear in it. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of, there was a, mo- a momentum that was going all in one direction and this campaign has sort of stopped it. And, you know, was that momentum... Could, you know, can it be stopped? And if so, you know, will Brian Kemp, you know, put things back five years ago where it was, you know, the approach was more uh, lock him up and throw away the key. And he is he is he is advocating a much more. He hasn't talked much about nonviolent offenders, but when it comes to violent offenders, he's talked about a gang crisis. He's talked about a criminal illegal alien database that he wants to beef up resources for. He wants more anti-gang prosecutors, 
Um, he had an event with Chris Carr, the attorney general, who's also running for um, a full term in November, where they both talked about new gang unit in the state law department that would go help local prosecutors. He cited numbers as high as 70,000 gang members. And just about every time there's a story um, on online or in newspapers uh, or on TV stations about gang violence, he will his campaign will retweet it and talk about the need for new law enforcement initiatives that target gangs and violent crime. I suspect you'll hear more about a case that's come in uh, a trial that's uh, in Cab County about the uh, killing of the seven, uh, nine-month-old baby by a gang member. I suspect you'll be hearing probably more about that. And it wasn't an accidental shooting. It was a revenge, you know, the DA alleges. So I could see hearing more about that case. And there was just an Aryan Brotherhood um, violent attack. Uh, well, well it, was, it was a couple years ago, but there was just a sentencing not that long ago that he also highlighted. So these are issues that, that he's, he's really bringing up in a major way. And also, it's not just on the campaign trail, but it's also in TV messaging. Um, and there's one event in particular that he's, he's really trying to contrast himself with Stacey Abrams, and that is over sex offenders. In 2017, there was a bill that would essentially it would crack down on sex offenders. It would it would require um, certain uh, uh, new residency and working um, buffers between sex offenders and places like daycares and schools and things like that. But the ma- these were and these are violent sort of sex offenders that it was that it was that it was honing in on. The major part of that would also allow prosecutors to go after um, people who hired. Sex of uh, 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 victims of sex trafficking, uh, prostitutes essentially, to go after them with tougher penalties. And Stacey Abrams did not vote on on that bill. It passed overwhelmingly. There was only one or two no votes in in the bill. But she um, she didn't vote at all. She just abstained, um, or she just kind of walked away from the voting machine. And the sponsor of that bill, Burt Reeves, came out very strongly and criticized her for that. She later said that the reason why she didn't vote on it was because she opposed it because of the issue we talked about earlier, mandatory minimums. It also required sentences ranging from 10 to 20 years at a minimum um, for some of these uh, convictions. And she feels that is a long-term problem for Georgia. Uh, Yeah, but I think, you know, all of these issues that we've mentioned that Kemp's going to be running on, you know, I think they'll probably be popular voters. I think voters make a distinction when they think of, you know, criminal justice reform. They're thinking of, you know, I think a guy who is, marijuana possession is 15 years or something like that. I think, you know, when you start talking about sex offenders and gang members, I don't think there are that same sympathy exists. So I think that, you know, people can be in both places. They can be for reform, but they can be for cracking down harder on certain types of criminal criminals. And that might be the balancing act that that Kemp is trying to trying to navigate here. It's really interesting too, because at the same time we have all these state initiatives, and we, we will know in November where those go next. Cities have gone even further on some of these initiatives. Right, you have Atlanta, the ending cash bail. You have Athens that's exploring a range of things. You have Clarkston that decriminalized uh, a lot of drug possessions uh, and drug offenses. So you've got cities that are that are kind of pushing the the envelope here. Uh, mm-hmm. Overall, so we'll also be watching those cities pretty carefully. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a, a tug of war. Um, you know, you mentioned Atlanta, and Atlanta is also decriminalized, or not decriminalized would be too strong a word, but they've they're not really enforcing marijuana, and they're believe it or not, there is a distinction. But you know, if you're driving through the downtown connector and you have a joint in your car, 
and you get pulled over by the Georgia State Patrol, you're going to jail. So it's not, it's not <laughs> like you can be in Atlanta, but the, it's, you know, depends on the jurisdiction that picks you up. So, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot going on in this in this issue. I think people are reform minded, but I think they are willing to make exceptions. And that's, I guess, what Brian Kent's counting on. Well, stay tuned. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Glad to be here. That's all for this issues week. You can head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia, where you'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us because we really appreciate your feedback. And as always, thank you for listening. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word, AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.